Oh, welcome back to Jerez, where the first F1 test of the season continues. Out on track at the moment, one of the caterers with its uh, proboscis nose. Kamui Kobayashi in the cock. Cockpit, sorry. Also putting in some laps, uh, McLaren showing its unusual um, extended front end. At the wheel right now, Jensen Button, a very experienced member of the F1 community. Finally, a Force India now on the track, displaying the very um, distinctive nose design. Sergio Perez is the driver, and interestingly, he was spotted in the paddock talking to fellow racer Justin Bell. End of session. That's it, the session's over, but there's plenty more to come from here in Phoenix. Sorry, Jerez. I meant to say Jerez. Sorry. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. He's Richard. Hello. Uh, do you think I'm doing the intro to this programme a bit too quick these days? Do you think... Not really, just no? Uh, you know, an intro's thing to be got over with and... Move on. Into the show. Okay, so, into the show. Moving on. Technology. We love technology. One of the reasons that we're interested in cars and interested in motorsport, and I think it's fair to say none of us are interested in any other sport apart from beach volleyball in your case, Zog. Thank you. Other than motorsport, because motorsport is brimming with technology, so it's yeah. technology that draws us to it. I have to admit, the theme music to Ski Sunday does kind of get me going, but other than that, no, it's... But it's, that's just the theme music, surely. The actual act of watching other people skiing... Not that interesting. I can watch a little bit of downhill. Do you find there's a lot of sports that you wouldn't ever declare yourself to be a fan of, but you can happily sit there and watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snooker. Yeah, I tennis even. Tennis, yeah. yeah I, I watch, watch tennis. tennis. I watch a bit of tennis, yeah. yeah. I've lost my ability to watch snooker. Rugby. I can watch football. I mean, I quite enjoy but watching But when I'm watching tennis, I have to admit, I'm wondering, well, not the friction coefficient of those strings on that bat, because they play with a bat, don't they? A tennis a, bat. Yeah, yeah. They call it that, don't a, they? A club, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, tennis club. Club, sorry. I've seen it on signs, so it's definitely yeah. a tennis club. Oh, Wimbledon Tennis Club, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's named after that. They have to share it. Technology in cars, we love it, and... It seems that the technology in cars is becoming the thing that manufacturers are using as a sales leader at the moment. Integration with your mobile phone is what's driven it. Everybody has a mobile phone now. Everybody wants a car that they can get into that automatically hooks up to their phone and does stuff for them without them having to think about it. It's changed what we need from a car. I heard a car advert the other day. Well... An advert for what was described as a new way of buying cars. Mm. Buy it on cost, buy it on the features, the technical integration that you want. I thought, ah, they were clearly selling it young affluent women. And young affluent women use their phones more than anyone, don't they? It's all about communication if you're a young woman and you want to keep that going when you're in the car. You're looking at... Well, well, I just don't I, know why I, you're I, singling out young affluent women. I think it's young people. Well, young women, perhaps. And well, the affluent because they're buying a men, car. Though, but, I mean, everybody's yeah. just looking at their phones these days. Yep. Our phones are our lifelines to everything, to the outside world. Yep. I, mean, I realise there's a strange ritual that I've got into that my wife started copying is the alarm goes off in the morning the alarm is now on my phone yeah of course I stopped using the clock radio mm, I yeah. just listened to a beeping sound coming out my phone I take it off aeroplane mode so that I can then check my emails mm. nobody's usually emailed me overnight 
It's just eBay who've started going, ah, oh, we see you were looking at underpants. Would you still like to buy some underpants? No, I accidentally looked at underpants. I was looking for an album called Underpants. I mean, you know, they, just, they become quite intrusive. And it's, it's those kind of auto emails that come in overnight. But I still check my email, and then I'll have just have a quick look at Twitter, see if anyone's said anything funny. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I realise, but that's the thing, the first thing a pair of us are doing in the morning in He's bed... reaching for your phones. ...is reaching for our phones and yeah. looking at them. It's almost like we can't just speak to each other. Good morning, dear. Did you sleep well? It's now. We must immediately see what the outside world's doing. Yeah, and we get very nervous if our phone isn't sort of immediately within reach. We are very connected to these devices and we're using them more than we really need to. But in terms of the cars, you've been talking about selling cars on the technology side Mm. of it. It makes absolute sense because so much more of the experience of using a car these days is to do with the technology, is to do with the interface. It's mm-hmm. the sat-nav, it's how... You, mm. this you spend more time pressing buttons on the dash to get your heater, your radio, your battery charging, in the case of the electric cars that we've driven recently. When you get well, out of a car, one of the first things we say is, oh, you know, I had a great audio system, great sat-nav system. That's the front end, isn't it? Well, I, the systems and the software yeah, are a much more significant part of your user experience of the car than how the steering feels and what the suspension yeah. is like. Well, I still think that's important, but I muck about in a lot different cars for my job and I find myself now immediately irritated if I get into a car and the first thing I'll do is hook my phone into the radio and in car well, I was sounding very old fashioned I sound like I'm 150 years old the wireless, into the wireless. Yeah. there's no gramophone player in here but yeah. into the for want of a word, it's a computer it? it's a computer yeah. isn't it that does yeah. all of the central entertainment functions of the car and I was in, what was, oh, a Vauxhall Astra, the GTC, you know, the coupe version of the yeah. Astra, mm-hmm. sort of a yeah. coupe. Can I just say, I'm not a big fan of Vauxhall, like General Motors, the brand of Vauxhall, I think the GTC is one of the most physical, live, lovely, sexy cars it's around. It's a remarkable looking thing, isn't it's it? Great, it's great, It's a really it? nice looking car, yeah. however... On many models, the wheels look too small, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon amongst <laughs> modern cars. Yeah. But I think it is the only modern car that I can think of where some models, the wheels look too big. Looks like a baby Alsatian or something. Yes. <laughs> huge feet. Yeah, yeah. Really just is. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, yeah. a puppy yeah. with these huge, great alloy feet. Go blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's weird. They've either pitched it too big or too small. But I got into this one. It was the Bi-Turbo, which is a diesel but it has a twin-turbo diesel. Asymmetric turbos, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. One big, one small, yeah. it's a four-cylinder. And it's a surprisingly nice car to yeah. drive. Yeah. But it's the first press car I've driven in a long time that didn't have the ability to stream Bluetooth audio Get from your phone. Here. And this is one of those things where, you know, it's like, oh, all press cars have it, and then you find out actually it's a £1,000 option on most things, and we're just spoiled by borrowing these highly spec demonstrators. But for the most part, this is just now a standard thing mm. on cars. Mm. It's there, you know, the sort of quite relatively cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely has Bluetooth. And in the past year or so, I think they've just added the audio bit in as well because people expect it. And this Astra didn't have it because I'm guessing it's probably coming up towards a facelift or something where they're going to update the equipment again. Or maybe, actually, it's had a facelift. They're just running it out till the next model. Mm-hmm. Too much expense to go through the faff of updating all the systems to try and make it work. Although so we, just don't bother. Bluetooth is pretty cheap technology to stick into. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't that's, you? That's not an expensive You would hope so, but yeah. I don't It's know. the licence that they're paying for it, for the streaming. It's probably what's cost them, isn't it? Don't they have to pay a licence to... Who do they uh, have to pay to use Bluetooth? Eric Bluetooth, the, old, yeah, the, the old, former uh, kings of Viking, Scandinavia. Yeah. But no, why <laughs> Why does a car maker have to pay anything that a headphone manufacturer doesn't? Bluetooth is a thing, though, isn't it? It's a Bluetooth trademark. Is a, Someone invented Bluetooth it. Bluetooth is a trademark, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you think about how cheap the cheapest 
Bluetooth devices that you can buy are. Yeah. I bought a set it's of Bluetooth headphones for 30 not, quid and they're actually not bad. That's a Bluetooth receiver, that's streaming audio. You'd you know, describe if you, that if to you, somebody like 20 years ago, they'd have burned you as a witch. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. what? So you put these things on your head, but there's no physical connection to your. What the hell is that? Oh, it's a mobile it's, phone. Oh, <laughs> and by yeah. the way, it also yeah, does no, this. they're not the size of bricks this. anymore. <laughs> yes, it's got a camera in it. It's what? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that would surprise someone 20 years, certainly 30 you, years ago, but. You remember the prisoner? Yeah. The Roger McGoohan, what was his name? Patrick McGoohan. Patrick McGoohan. Prominently featuring a Lotus 7. Yeah. No Bluetooth on that, I believe. Always remember. Are you sure it wasn't an option? In that, that they would... With, the, with the time machine. Sorry. N- number one, or number two, because we never found out who number one was. We always pick up a phone in that, this sort of lovely 70s sort of, not quite a trim phone, but just like a trim phone handle, and have a phone conversation, and put it down, and I go, yeah, there's no cable, that's never going to happen, you know, in the future. And here we are doing that, you know. The point I'm trying to make is, what do we want from the technology in our cars is it solely driven by our phones now is it simple integration or is it 4g what is it that's going to sell cars what i want mostly is a very simple thing i wanted to be able to play the music on my iphone with as little hassle as possible i want to be able to select playlists the navigation of the music library via the stereo Mm. has to be easy intuitive has to work all the time that is the thing that I want above everything else. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, and you've just touched on it. First of all, we want the actual ability, I think, to make phone calls, listen to the music off our phone, mm-hmm. possibly use the GPS built into the phone as well. That is going to become a bigger thing. But it's the convenience. We want to do all those things as easily as possible. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's ease of use. Yeah. We want simplicity. The truth be told, we just want it to work. Yeah, music while I'm driving is a big part of the experience of driving and the pleasure yep. of driving. I much prefer to listen to music from my iPhone, iPod, than listen to the radio. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to have that. And really, beyond that, and having my device then charge via the connection, if possible, that's a good bonus. Mm-hmm. And, and then beyond that, if there's some GPS integration or anything else, that's a nice bonus. But simply the fact that I can run a navigation app on the phone that will then, through audio tell me where to go that's perfect just to briefly explain the way that i'm using an iphone in my 26 year old car now is simply the plug into the stereo with a regular connector i've got all the music on the iphone through the stereo which i can select playlists i can navigate by artists etc that all works beautifully and if there's a navigation app running in the background Mm. the voice will break into the audio stream and it'll cut it and say turn left in 100 yards and that's great I'm not being distracted. I'm not having to look away from the road. My eyes aren't being drawn away from the road by anything. I've got the most important thing, which is the music, and I can hear the sat-nav instructions, which is a bonus. Oh, there's a very interesting thing happening right now, which is uh, Android and iPhone, iOS, are obviously the two operating systems that are dominant in the phone marketplace. Some manufacturers have made deals with Google to integrate Android phones into their car yeah, systems. Audi I think that yeah, Audi being the most prominent. Ford have gone down the Apple. Uh, I think Ford have gone down the Apple along yeah. with Mercedes, BMW, uh, Porsche, BMW, a couple Jaguar, of other Land Rover, Jaguar, Land Rover, GM. Yeah, but uh, where are Samsung so going? That's what I want to know. I think <laughs> they're going with Windows Phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, probably too like it. There are also interesting things about this in terms of how much of the functionality that you might otherwise be embedding in the car and in the car system are you then doing with the phone for example rather offering something as an option on the car it's something that's an app that you download to your phone you've got a lot of possibilities for expanding what your car system can do but there's a really big thing here in terms of practicality I think between the two systems because I'm not entirely unbiased here but it does seem to me that iPhone iOS is the way to go here because one of the differences between the world of Android and the world of iPhone 
is that Apple control the platform so much yeah. more tightly that basically you know that the apps that you download from the iTunes store are going to work on any iOS device reliably. With the proliferation of Android devices, there are so many hundreds of Android phones that have little differences that Google can't quite keep on top of all this. It means that you can't be quite as sure of the reliability of... No, you of, can't. Of, of this that. is the BBC iPlayer yeah. app. There was an interview with the man who's in charge of it, and he was getting lots of complaints. Why isn't there an Android version yet? And he had to say, there will be. We're working on it. I've got a big team working on it, but we know with an Apple thing... There are only five, six versions of the iPhone. We know the hardware, and we know exactly what software is running on them. Yeah. And that's easy. Then it's a stable thing. We can just make our app work. Android, we've got to cater for loads of different versions of software that are still out there, and loads of different phones from different manufacturers who different all have their own little sizes. bits of stuff they put on top of the basic foundation of the Android operating system. And it's just a proliferation. And I think you're right with car makers they'll be able to know what hardware and software they're dealing with iOS. They'll get there with Android. They'll have to because a lot of people have Android phones. But what's really interesting is that they're taking all of that stuff that might have been built into the car and lumping a lot of it, NAV being a big one, onto your phone because phones can move faster. The mm, unit in your mm. car has to be designed yeah. when the car's designed. That's yeah, yeah, like yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. And, and it's got to be conforming. The electronics have got to make sure they don't interfere with the car. It has a load of certification. The buttons on the front have to be safe. Designing an in-car stereo and NAV unit is a pain in the ass. Why not simplify it and put the onus onto the phone manufacturer? Somebody yeah. did that recently. Remind me, Richard, there was a car at Detroit recently, sort of a stripped-down, almost Fiat Panda type of minimalist car, where it had almost no dash details or anything at all. It just said, mount phone here, and you get it all from your phone. I think that's going to be a trend that will increase in the future. Okay, seatbelts on. I'm just going to put my phone in the dash. Mobile phone connected. Integrated control systems now ready. And off we go. Dad, what's that app on your phone called Brax? It's Brakes, son. It's pronounced Brakes. It operates a critical part of the car. Oh, so is it important? Yeah, it's very important, yeah. Is it, like, so important that if you were playing with Dad's phone, you definitely shouldn't delete it to make room for Clash of the Clans? Yes, it's that important. Why? Uh, no reason. Snack Petrol! With Gareth Jones on speed! Richard's turned up tonight in a nice jag. You've got the XFR outside, haven't you? XJR. Sorry, XJR. I beg your pardon. We had the XJL, the long wheelbase version, for a trip to Le Mans a couple of years Which ago. Which was a remember? lovely ride for the trip. Fantastic car. Went a little bit too fast, I seem to recall, at one point. But moving swiftly on. There may have been a flirtation with the gendarme. Excessive speed. Yeah. May have been. They may not have been. But the the thing I remember most about that car, the only disappointment that car gave me, I think, was the dash, which was an LCD dash. Instead of having real dials, Mm. it had a graphic that looked like a pair of dials. Yeah, it's not LCD, it's TFT. I beg your pardon. Sorry, I'm so (laughs) old-fashioned. Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Imagine that. Cars did have LCD dashes in the. Uh, and before that, they the had day, uh, they? The CRTs, Senator. didn't they? With the the, they uh, did, uh, the, the Aston Lagonda had a CRT. Yeah, yeah. Bless it. But the upshot was that the graphics that they used looked kind of like a sticker like a child's mm. sticker a decal that you might put on the dash of a model to look mm. like it didn't quite look good the jag that you've got outside is the dash any better it's the same except the speedometer the virtual made up speedometer now yeah. goes up to 190 it's really interesting that because i presume in the past they'd have had to go to the supplier and say right you're going to need to redo the kind of applique thing that makes the face mm. of the dial that the light can shine through and all that sort of stuff yeah. whereas now they go to a computer program and say could you, you just, just re- change that you go change which is one of the things that's disappointed me so far about these TFT dashboards in the Jag they're in the new Range Rover and we're in the old Range Rover towards the end of its life I saw one in the Cadillac XTS which I drove in the US which is actually just a Vauxhall Insignia box of parts underneath and they're all set up to just replicate a conventional three dial instrument cluster mm-hmm. speedo rev counter one that's got your temp and your fuel in it and it's almost like they've come up with this incredible technology and then worried the, that they've scare people off yeah. if they make it look like anything but exactly the thing it's replacing yeah and it feels to me like they could be much more adventurous the jag i think is particularly sort of fussy they've made it look like dials and if you look closely there's quite clever shadow work to to make the outside of the dials look like it's a raised kind of metallic bezel and it's a bit disappointing that's still just made doing a better job of taking this entirely new technology a flat colour screen that can display whatever you want with no mm. moving and you're displaying only one thing on it which mm. is the best facsimile you can come up with mm. of some a old dials the form of which was set pretty early on in yeah, yeah. I mean, the technology yeah. there's a reason why dials look like they do and it's why the flotation with LCD instruments in the 80s particularly didn't really come to much with your Astra GTEs and MG Maestros and things, that actually people quite like a setup that is familiar, which is dials. Mm. I mean, I think actually one well, of the cars I mean, that really held is, it was the Mazda RX-8, where the rev counter was analogue, yeah. but the speedo is digital. Digi- yeah, yeah. Something else that I get quite yeah. frustrated <clears> now, <throat> if I get into a new car and there's not the option to call up a digital speedo yeah. in the instruments, because I actually yeah. find reading yeah, the speed, in the be- era of speed cameras and average speed cameras You want to see that precise You want to see that precise yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can go at exactly, exactly. 10% over the <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Do you know what? Maybe not. The idea of using a TFT screen to create an image of analogue dials is the equivalent of a plasma screen like we've got in front of us here. And when you turn it on, you have a pair of a red velvet curtains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Peel back to... Well, you know, create the slight curvature of an yeah. old TV. Yeah. And it's like, now what we've done is this is Dolby 5.1 complete surround sound but we've put a bit of a hiss on it yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. just to make you feel comfortable it feels a bit analog we're taking the out of this but you know it is possible i don't know i'm not a specialist on interface design it is possible that those traditional dials maybe that is the best way to show people Convey information yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. well do you know, you know what at a glance also i don't know what the sort of legislative position is regarding this yeah uh, well that's the thing because i saw a picture i think when jaguar announced the xj it was they showed some photos of the instrument panel and one of them i'm sure they showed us in sport mode you could make the rev counter move to the centre mm. and have the speedo to one side because mm-hmm. if you're being all sporty you want to see your reps very logical idea 
And I remembered this while I was driving that XJR, and I thought, I wonder where that function is. And I put it in sport mode, and I was fiddling around with it, and it doesn't happen. Mm. And I don't think it can happen in production spec. I think this was before they'd nailed this down. I wonder if it's some legislation that says all your instruments have to be in fixed places. They can't start moving can't around. Start and moving. yet, Maybe. the Volvo V40, of all things, a much cheaper car, has, in its top models, a similar technology. It has a bit of TFT in the dash. The fuel gauge and the temp gauge are real, but the middle bit... Mm. And you can configure it so that... In comfort mode, it's a normal speedometer. It looks like it with a needle that goes around the edge and then yeah. some sort of information in the middle. Put it into sport mode, that becomes a rev counter and your speedo becomes a digital readout in the middle of that. And it's really nice. Mm. So you can move them around. Volvo have found a way to get the legislators to let them do it. Coming back to what you said a moment ago, Zog, about whether those analogue dials with the sweeping, <laughs> the best way yeah, on a rotary yeah, yeah. with a sweeping hand is the best way to get information. 20 years ago now... Gosh, that's a worry. I made a video for the BBC, an internal corporate video, about a project that the BBC was selling to the rest of the world. It was called the Apollo Project, where the BBC had worked out the way to harness a whole bunch of inputs of data was not unlike what we call a TV scanner. You know, when you sit down, you've got a whole bunch of monitoring screens for each of the different cameras and the preview and the VT output, and you can switch between them. They took that idea and created what they call a dashboard, which was exactly that, a series of rotary dials with a sweeping hand, which says things like, sales in Argentina are up 30%. And they were selling it not just to broadcasters, but to large companies as well. And they spent a lot of money researching this, and they worked out that the best way to quickly deliver information was exactly that mm. a rotary dial okay. with a sweeping arm i disagree i'm with richard maybe it's because i've driven this sora for 14 or 15 years now which doesn't have a analog readout at all you know i get in the car with dials you go oh how quaint these well days. i mean one of the things about the difference between a numerical display and a rotary needle display you can see the rate that, of change can't you well More I, 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 yes you can see the rate of change usually but the thing is you can feel the rate of change much much more effectively than you can see it because your rate of change is your acceleration and you can feel that mm. in any case. So you don't usually need to check your acceleration. You need to check your exact speed at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, Whereas but, your rev counter, you do want to see the when it's closing okay, yeah. in on the... But the point I was going to make about a digital readout versus an analogue dial is that you can't, at a glance misread your analog dial in the way that you can misread a digital display Mm. because my experience of digital displays is that it's much easier to misread digits if you just have a quick glance Mm -hmm. you'll misread a two as a five or a seven as a one or whatever it might be it's much harder to do that with your analog dial it depends on the markings though because there's some cars where the speedos are really badly marked you know they're badly marked what drives me nuts when they miss out numbers they just go 10 30 50 it's like well let's see the speed limit has 40 and I've just got to pay extra attention to make sure it's banged between out. the 30 yeah, and the 50 yeah, yeah, marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. even if they're badly designed like, you know, even if they're badly marked like that you know, once you've driven them a few times you get used to, okay, well, you know uh, if it's yeah, two thirds going around of. that you know, you but you've get, seen the dials in, like, my fear, 500, that interesting thing where the speedo is the outer arc of the dial and then the rev counter is within it, mm-hmm. following the same path. And it's quite a neat design thing. But the speedo is quite a narrow curvature round and this little needle, and that's quite hard to read. I mean, that's just because it's an overall design thing. I think that's the thing. I think it's also why numbers are missed off speedometers. It's because the design department go, oh, well, if you put all the numbers on, it look really messy. Don't mm-hmm. want that. No. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they overrule. 
And that's fine. When it's talking about the, the front bumper, the way that looks, then yes, designers should overrule engineers because engineers, I've seen their shoes. They're not a stylish bunch. <laughs> engineers is a general rule. But when it comes to actual functionality and things that require you to look at carefully or you'll lose your license, then yeah, they should be practicality first. If I can say this all this in-dash stuff I want direct retinal projection and I won't be happy until I've got there Need some new and completely unfashionable footwear? Then come to World of Engineers Shoes At World of Engineers Shoes we've got thousands of ugly slip-ons in a whole range of colours from light grey to slightly darker grey to a grey that's slightly darker than that. Yes, at World of Engineers Shoes, the unattractive fake leather footwear of your dreams is just waiting to be paired with your favourite pair of shapeless easy iron slacks. World of Engineers Shoes, 30 Grove Parade. Don't bother looking for the number, some designers have stolen it. In-dash technology in cars is becoming increasingly important. You can tell that that's the case because Audi rather mischievously perhaps announced a new car or a concept car by not showing us anything of the car at all, but simply showing us the dash. You know what I'm talking about, Richard? Yeah, it's the new TT. Yeah. I've no idea what it's going to look like, but I know what the dashboard looks like. Mm. So maybe it's not going to look that different to no, the it won't because it's a TC because I've seen some spy pictures of it all wrapped up in camo and it's the same shape so we can guess it'll just be details but that they showed the dashboard off clever because what they did they converted the whole TFT dash into a sort of a Google Maps kind of top-down map image and then superimposed on top of that your speedo and your revs and any other info well they're not sort of superimposed because it's tft again so it's they can do whatever they want they can yeah. play tunes on it to the heart's content and i saw pictures where again it just replicates the instrument panel of pretty much any audi mm-hmm. but overlaid files. on top no of no the the, when the map appears filling the whole sort of space underneath the hood yeah that protects from sunlight cowl the cowl Cow. yes and the speedo and the rev counter become sort of a quarter of the size and drop down to the bottom. Oh, so they're I not, didn't see They're that. not obscuring the map or overlaid. Oh, okay. The map is clear. Yeah. They sit below it just sort of discreetly. Right. Mm-hmm. And nice. then the map fills the rest of Clever. that black hole where your instruments would be. Well, I guess there's going to be quite a lot more experimentation with just what you can do with a visual interface on mm. a dash as full dash TFT panels become more common in cars. Who knows what else people are going to do? Well, that's the thing. Cause, I mean, it's sort of, you can see the trickle-down already, as I think they call it, because this TFT, I think the first car that had it was the old Range Rover, mm-hmm. which is a what, 70, 80 grand car. And then it's into, like I was saying, the Volvo V40 now has TFT. The current Porsche range have it. If you spec nav, they still have your sort of Porsche four round things with your rev counter in the middle. But there's one, I think it's on the far right, it's actually a TFT thing, and it can display different things, including a little bit of map when you've got the nav up, and it can sort of put arrows and things. It's quite weird, because it feels squeezed into a circle. It's like it's a square thing that's been squeezed into a circular porthole. But you can have it on a Boxster that's 40, 50 grand car. Volvo V40 is a 20, 30 grand car. Mm -hmm. So, logically... Moving down. You know, mm. it'll be I in mean, a Polo and a Fiesta before customizable you Customisable know panels, I think, is one thing that I think would appeal to quite a few drivers. But because, you know, we, Skins. we, we are a different... Yeah. Well, yes, certainly just that simple visual thing, yeah, a different skin. But also, some people 
I'm going to care about the rev counter. They just delete the rev counter from their dash. Some people want it nice and big, and they want to. You buy a car, and you're desperately trying to find someone who can download your rev counter onto a USB stick so you can put it back (laughs) because the previous owner deleted the rev counter permanently. This is the way it's going to go, and it goes back also. We were saying about how increasingly a lot of the stuff we now have built into cars will become things you'll access through your phone. It will be apps, Mm, and then yeah, you'll be able to download through your phone new instrument panels although of course one of the advantages of that is going to be that you then take your familiar environment from car to car yeah, yeah. what concerns me a little bit on the dash front at the same time that there are all these wonderful possibilities for the visual interface and possibly giving you more information which hopefully won't be overload it'll give it to you in a way that you're going to take in easily but it concerns me a little what happens when the panel is no longer working perfectly either the panel just conks out and all of a sudden rather than just losing one control you, you can't everything. see anything mm. yeah. that's not good also, we've had flat panel screens and flat panel computers for long enough now that I'm sure we've all become familiar with a computer or a screen on which a couple of rows of pixels have died yeah. or a couple yeah. of rows of pixels have gone a different colour, probably because there was a, a red and a green and a blue row and one of them's failed or something like that. But the point is, as these displays age, they're not going to age well as an old Speedo might. They're not going to acquire an attractive, interesting Patina. patina of age yeah. they're just, just going to fail they're just going to fail or yeah. they're going to have two stupid rows of dead pixels running all the way down that are just going to spoil looks of it completely this just reminds me I had a very weird experience in my old Jeep the other day I was giving some mates a lift we were just going away for the weekend and one of my mates turned up with some CDs how quaint and uh, <laughs> could you play them a what yeah I know what, what is it but I, it's just a sort of silver disc that appears to store music on it a bit like yeah. your mobile phone but you can only get one album on each silver disc uh, well, it's, like, it's, it's, it's only 16 bits it's not going to catch on. so anyway yeah. no enough now so um, <laughs> so we put them in the CD changer in my Jeep which I've never used before well. but it turns out it woke some electrical gremlin so we set off and all the instruments die. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, here's a word. I know, you know what they talk about in aeroplanes, flying on instruments. You yeah, become instrument yeah. rated in helicopters, yeah. it means you can fly at night because you're yeah. just using the instruments, really, rather than looking out of the window for mm. the most part. Well, you don't drive a car like that. And yet, somehow, I what? felt like I was flying blind. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I had my sat-nav gummed to the screen, which can tell you your speed. So yeah. at least I knew my speed, which I hope makes mm. that legal, officer. But <laughs> it just felt really strange. I, mean, I don't know how much fuel I've got. Even though I knew it had a full tank, I don't know how hot the engine is, even though it was running at normal temp. There was no steam. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> 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 visual indicators. That's what they look for. Uh, and then, just miraculously, within a couple of minutes, it all came back to life again. Right, the <laughs> and CD it. finished. And it's been... Yeah, exactly. End of track one. Instruments alive. <laughs> and it's been fine ever since but it was a very freaky feeling driving a car with no working instruments just for a brief yeah. moment well imagine the upshot of that in say a Tesla because you know the Tesla Model S has got this enormous uh, I don't know 58 inch plasma screen on its side sitting in the middle it's actually 17 inch diagonal I believe isn't it it looks to me like it's probably like two big sized iPads put Massive. together isn't it it's big Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very wide yeah it's not a very square screen yeah it's 16 by yeah. 9 on its end but what that does is utterly declutter your car it's all touch screen you call up the window for what you want or heating call that up change that it's sort of a need to know thing like they have in aircraft you yeah. only have information that you need or sobs do you remember that yeah oh bless them you know they're making Saabs again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Where's isn't it? And they're making electric Saabs. They've just well, shifted two hundred yeah, of them to the Chinese, Chinese government. government. Yeah. Yes. What? I know it's all a bit odd, isn't well, it? But they all can't things use you wake the up and go, badge. "I had the weirdest dream." Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> I tripped that. Yeah, yes, dear. But they can't put the Saab badge on the car. Yeah, what did they, what did they, what did they do? What are they 
he going to do? I don't know. Talking about that Tesla, I was just going to two things, because that configurability option, if everything is a screen, yeah. in theory, yes, as we were saying, you can download new bits, new skins, do whatever you want. Now, that's fine. But actually, in a way, it's nice to have some say, but I had an Android phone for a little bit last year, and you know Android nerds always go, well, I think, oh, Apple, with their ecosystem, you're locked in, they're fascist, you don't know you do anything. It's like, what do yeah, I want to do with my phone? Screw it I up think, yeah, exactly, because I started going, well, I don't like this and this on my Android phone. Oh, and I started looking into it and going on the internet and going, oh, I can do this, I can do that. I mean, over my head here, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to start mucking with the guts of this complicated, expensive electrical equipment. Mm. And I don't want that in my car, actually. I don't want to accidentally delete my rev counter. I'd like to have the option of moving it about somewhere, maybe, or perhaps just storing it. But I don't want to accidentally wipe it off the face of the car's computer. And I don't want to suddenly get everything moved around and then find out that I can't find anything. And, what, and, what what and you probably don't want your nine-year-old nephew to have the chance exactly. to, to rearrange it. Do you know what's going to happen? Control. Have you seen that horrific advert for, is it the Kindle Fire HD, where the man gets his Kindle and goes, oh, hello. And, and an Irish woman says, oh, hello. Oh, yes, yes. it's... Dreadful, isn't I'm it? Your, your I'm, personal assistant. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's going to be that. You'll get in the car and you go, how do I get my Speedo back? Well, first of all, don't press that button in the first place. Yeah. That's what you An I Irish woman's like going to turn this. up. Now, here's the well, thing. In the, I've said it again. I've said <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was in the US. I borrowed a Chevrolet Camaro and that didn't appear to have built-in nav. There was no screen. But what it had is a button you press. It connects you to a call centre. You tell them where you want to go and they beam the directions back to your car and it's all voice-based and the car just tells you and I think there's a little arrow in between the instrument cluster and that's it now this is all well and good but I was wanting to go some places I didn't know where they were so I used the system it works very well my experience using it two or three times hooked in every time to the operator tell them instructions arrive immediately off you go but I don't want some stranger knowing where I'm going I mean it's not like could you tell me how to get to the brothel please yes Yes, it's on one two three prostitute street you'd much rather have Google or Apple they all know what you're up to but it's just that weird feeling of having to share some data because you go I want to go this shop but you feel like they're going to go why (laughs) and also how much longer is that service going to last yeah a service that relies on a call centre yeah yeah, they're not going to operate that system forever it reminds me of the original in-car phone in fact a radio it did not have a dial Mm. you pick up the phone and a voice would say yes hello Mr Bond or whoever it was uh, yes get me Whitehall one (laughs) two three (laughs) and they dial the number for you because they had a telephone you had a wireless extension to it wasn't that all phones once Um, yeah Lou Grade used to have one. He was one of the few people who had one in his car. Really? He was a pioneer. Get me the cigar shop. I don't think he spoke like a man from 1930 Chicago. No, I think you find he was more London Jewish, Lou Grade. He spoke quite a lot like that, didn't he? A little bit like that. It's North London Jewish, Dave. Don't know what he sounds like. No? Well, imagine it's that, though, because I like that. That's good. So there we go. Anyway, (laughs) if Lou Grade could see us now talking to people to download rev counters to our cars, he'd all think we were crazy. Um, But but this is the future. Yes. Buy it for me. Isn't it great? Yeah, it is. It's good. It is all good. For the most part, it's good. But we've got to make sure we iron out the quirks. Which goes back to what I'm saying. What we want most of all is we want convenience and we just want it to work. Yeah, whichever car we get in. And I think, Zog, you're right about personalisation. Whichever car you get in, actually, that's only true for us because we drive lots of different cars. Most people drive one or two cars over a week if you're lucky. But the ability to walk into a car, hit your phone and the dash goes bang everything you need to know laid out like your desktop at home that would be a beautiful thing well this is already happening because there are cars where you can have a key fob and then your wife partner whatever can have another key fob and it's not just moving the seat to 
your preferred position. That Infinity Q50 I drove a few weeks ago, that mm -hmm. has the option to have apps downloaded to it. It's in infancy at the moment. Mm -hmm. But we'll configure various other bits of the car to your preferences, radio stations, all this kind of stuff. OK, and how about this for a prediction? In, let's say, 40 years' time, the exterior paintwork of the car will even change to match your personal preference. Uh, yeah, That'll be yeah. still involved as well. There'll be some kind of photo, electro... You know Toyota and thing Ford. Going on. That's my prediction. Both talked about that. Toyota and Ford have both talked about being able to configure the colour of your car from an app on the phone. Mm. Mm. It would be a blue car today. That'll make it difficult for the police to track in the DVL. Yeah, that may be, yeah they can't give me a parking ticket. You'll just change the colour of your car. No, mine's white. Sorry, mate. Yeah, well, I think by then I'll have become a massive paranoid too. Luddite and I'll have a tinfoil hat on and I'll be yeah. driving around in the Caterham 7. <laughs> no! Keep your computers away from me! I have a name. Not I mean, I'm going to do away with cars and just go for matter transportation every time. You've been listening to Zog. Goodbye. To Richard. Goodbye. And to me, Gareth. See you soon for another Gareth Jones on Speed. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones!